Welcome once again to Cinemaholics. I'm John Negroni from the San Francisco Bay Area, film editor for the Young Folks, critic for Awards Watch the School, you know the deal. With me, he is the pop culture writer for Cinema Blend from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It's Will Ashton. Hey there. Well, it's been a while. I think, uh, I don't know. A week. You, you said something, it felt like weeks. I, so I, I couldn't tell what where you were. You were either on some kind of weird journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people said you went on a cruise. Sure. That was a big rumor online. Yeah. A few other people said that you went to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. You sound you sound a little older, but uh, I don't want to be rude. A little older, not much wiser, but I'm here. Uh, I'm here to talk about one jungle cruise. Oh, that's right. That's what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's been a weird summer, and it's been a weird couple of weeks. Lots of movies coming out, and yeah, you, you've been very busy. You haven't seen a lot of things, but you made it work. You looked at the slate of films, and you were like, I, <laughs> I'm not going to miss Jungle Cruise for the world, and so here we are. Yeah, I mean, of the films that have come out in the next, last uh, two weeks, old, The Green Knight... <laughs> Stillwater and Jungle Cruise. I'm like, which one do I care about the least? <laughs> and that's the one I have seen. Yeah. Oh, that's the one we're covering on Cinema Holics. But yeah, that's right. We did we did cover the Green Knight uh, already last week with Alicia Thelnan, and uh, thank you to all of our guest hosts who helped us out while yeah, Will took took some time. And uh, mm-hmm. but we're of course glad you're back. I said some mean thank things you. about you on the air, but you'll never sure. hear that. So we should be good. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, so Jungle Cruise is the movie we're getting into. So this is a Disney movie. It is long, long been in the works. I mean, they shot this thing in 2018. It was supposed to come out in 2019, and it was delayed to 2020, and then it was delayed to today. And so, yeah, year like, what is it, three years since they filmed this thing. It's finally coming out, and it's a big Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt movie and yeah well man what was the last movie we even saw Dwayne Johnson in it feels like it's been a while because I don't think we got a movie from him in 2020 right I mean there's supposed to be this movie so what was it Jumanji was the last one maybe the thing about the Rocks movies nowadays is is that they're all fairly anonymous like they all kind of have the same look same feel same tone same style so it's kind of hard to tell them apart at this point <laughs> so, yeah, at least for me, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't mean to uh, take anything away from people who love his films, but at this point, I just feel like they're they're kind of uh, indistinguishable at this point. Well, that's a good way to bring in too. Like I was going to mention how Tom Hanks was originally supposed to be the main character or the main actor in this. They were looking at Tom Hanks and Tim oh, Allen. Really? Yeah, yeah, for being in this movie. Oh, I mean, it, it's been yeah. in the works for a long time. They wanted to make this movie right after Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, so all the way back in 2004 or so. Hmm. And that was, yeah, that was the height of the theme park movie craze, right? Like we were getting Haunted yeah. Mansion, Country Bears. I feel like that craze really died down though, right? In like 2015, Tomorrowland was quite a, quite, quite a, quite a disappointment, wouldn't you say? I mean, it really... After that, I, I and then the Pirates of the Caribbean sequel, it just felt like, okay, yeah, I think this theme park ride movie thing is done. But no, I mean, Disney kind of steamboated ahead with the Jungle Cruise, huh? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, with Tomorrowland Count, that was kind of more of a conception for 
a theme park, I right? Was that or is that what I mean, it's a part okay. of the theme park. I mean, it, yeah, it's not like they, they do kind of riff on a couple of rides though, right? Like the the World of Tomorrow thing or the Progress thing. I don't I don't know the names of it. I, I'm assuming you haven't done the Jungle Cruise ride because I think that's only in Disneyland. But yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't been to Disneyland or Disney World, so I have no. Familiarity. I thought you'd been to World. Okay, yeah. I have not. No, that's a sore subject. But um, I have not been to either Disney amusement park, though. I am familiar with the song "Skipper Dan" by Weird Al Yankovic, which is about uh, an employee who is uh, uh, a part of the Jungle Cruise. That's that's about the full extent of my familiarity with the <laughs> okay. ride. I mean, I know, like, I know, like, the gist of it, right? Like, it's, like, kind of, like, intentionally kind of hokey. There's not much to it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the deepest, richest experience. Is is it, like, a choice, though? Like, for the Disney, like, are you glad that you haven't been to Disney? But Or do you say it's to her subject because you're like, hey, I'd like to go. Like, get me a ticket. Oh, I mean, I, I've wanted to go for a long time. Uh, I don't know if I've actually ever shared this anecdote on the podcast, but... Uh, since my youth, my parents would give me those VHS tapes with the mm. uh, uh, Disney World attractions, and I'm not quite sure oh why. Gosh. Because so like, mean. I was like, "Oh, this place seems amazing!" Like they kept showing me those <laughs> videotapes. It's like, "Oh, it's great. When can we go?" And they're like, "Oh, maybe eventually." <laughs> and you know, time passed, and uh, you know, similar to the uh, the, the Jungle passed. Cruise movie, it just never really came to be until <laughs> I guess this year. So maybe. Uh, probably uh, thought to yourself like oh i'll i'll surely go to one of the disney theme parks before they release the jungle cruise movie mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh no. so yeah I've, I've actually never gone as i've said to disneyland or disney world though hopefully someday maybe in a post-pandemic world i can actually go to disney world but that day unfortunately has not yet come you know what listeners i i didn't mention the patreon earlier i didn't mention the merch page none of that stuff and i think it was meant to be because I think this is our moment where we band together and we get Will Ashton on that that monorail over to Disney World. You know what I'm talking about. So send your like donations on, to. <laughs> is that based on the Simpsons episode, or is that just a? Oh wait, like the, the, the oh yeah, I know the monorail. About, yeah. No, not the Simpsons oh, okay. episode. Okay. No, just I know which one you're talking about too. Wait, funny yeah, enough, I usually don't get your mm-hmm. references. Yeah, the guy comes to town and is like, "You all want a monorail?" And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, we want a monorail." That's the gist, right? yeah i mean there's more to it but yes okay yeah sorry i didn't actually see it so i'm proud of myself for getting some of that but anyway so jungle cruise like you said it's uh yeah you get the the gist of it is very simple right it's you're on a riverboat usually you have this like skipper captain person who is doing tons of cheesy puns like that's the main thing right there's like really cheesy effects and like really when you're watching the opening of jungle cruise like after the cold open we get this like bit where i'm like blunt is kind of you know sneaking around and showing us who, who our character is going to be for the movie and you know we get introduced to jack whitehall jesse plemons there's our villain it's pretty straightforward but then the movie kind of gets more into okay here's our relocation we're in brazil we're in the jungle you know because that, that cold opens i think in like london or something but no we're in brazil and forgive me well if i miss anything because i'm not super fresh on this movie to be totally honest i have i have all these other movies swirling in my head right now especially the green Knight. So uh, if I if I say anything weird, you know, that's like, uh, John, I don't I don't remember, you know, like a, a giant creature, you know, with uh, yeah, breastfeeding a baby being sure. in uh, Jungle Cruise. So 
uh, yeah, there's like no giant talking shark in Jungle Cruise or the version I saw. Well, so <laughs> someone didn't watch the post credits, and now I'm I'm joking. So what are you doing out here? There is a legend in the jungles of the Amazon of a tree that heals all. It could change the world, but if it gets into the wrong hands, it could awaken a great evil. I believe that the legend is real. Which it's not. And I'm going to find it. Which you want. And when I do, just imagine the lives that could be saved. There is a scene early in Jungle Cruise where we get introduced to Dwayne Johnson's character. He's a skipper captain with an American accent, even though he's in Brazil. And, you know, they establish pretty fairly, you know, into the movie, like, oh yeah, he's he's not American. Like he's never been to America, right? But he has an American accent because Dwayne Johnson said, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not gonna talk a different way. I, I'm curious um, how that conversation went. Yeah, I mean, this is a conversation I think we've had before, which is, is it better to be more authentic and have The Rock struggling with an accent for mm-hmm. two hours or just to let it go? And I think The Rock probably may have better, unless he has an amazing Spanish accent, I have no idea. Uh, but I'm guessing if he chose not to have a Spanish accent, that probably would have been a hindrance to his performance, such as it is. So that might have been... <laughs> The right call, right. but yeah, I doubt I doubt anybody pushed it too. And they were like, "No, no, no, we need the full Dwayne Johnson charisma. We don't need like some kind of weird hokey accent filter, right?" So you're probably right about that. We get introduced to him, and he's doing the essential Jungle Cruise ride. You know, he's doing the cheesy puns. There's a bunch of people on the boat who are like, "Oh my my, this is taking place during World War One." We see like a fake hippopotamus come out of the water. It's fun. It's a fun scene. It's like you're on the ride. I'll say, Will, I, I miss Disneyland. I'm I'm very privileged. I'm very, you know, fortunate that I've gotten to go. Uh, my parents did not tease me with VHSs. Uh, they just, you know. But watching this movie, it did kind of take me there. You know, it felt like I was there again, which was, you know, it was kind of cool. So did, did you get, you know, hypes for <laughs> the Jungle Cruise ride watching this movie? I guess. I mean, I was surprised that the uh, big set piece with The Rock, like his opening set piece, was a fairly loving slash ironic and winking uh, tribute to the ride. I wasn't actually expecting anything like that. Like I said, I mean, I'm familiar with it, just the gist of it, which is basically, you know, just that it's like a kind of corny uh, ride attraction where you are on like a rickety boat and like a uh, tour guide kind of just throws like uh whatever like corny puns at you as you see kind of uh the same attractions over and over again and i appreciate that the movie is uh self-aware enough to have a scene like that that's not like overly um i don't know what the word i'm looking for exactly but uh i i felt like that scene was probably one of the stronger moments of film just because it was actually like a jungle cruise scene and i I actually was impressed that uh the rock uh his performance was like aware enough that he could sell the corny jokes in a way that's like deliberately corny but like not like poorly delivered at the same time uh and yeah, i felt fit. like yeah yeah i mean the you guy know i was a professional wrestler like, exactly that's what I, was, what I was about to say so uh you know i i think this was one of his i don't know if it, well, i want to say it's one of his 
better performances, but it felt like one of the better uses of The Rock that I've seen in a while, as opposed to something like, say, like Skyscraper, where he's just like, bland every man who is good and is noble mm. and has a family and is explicably the same size as the house. Uh, <laughs> well, the, yeah. the disability thing was a, an interesting addition to that, though. Oh, like, yeah, that's kinda... true. I, I honestly uh, forgot about that entirely. Uh, I just Skyscraper is just my quintessential, just like, the Rock is in a movie. Uh, I, I I don't remember the plot particularly well, or the uh, really. I think it's the pinnacle of his career. See, I'm doing the Jungle Cruise puns now. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I mean, I guess a lot of people really like the Jumanji movies, and I'm fairly indifferent yeah. to those yeah. as well. Uh, the uh, new ones, at least. I, I I have some some nostalgic reverence for the Rob Williams one, I guess. But um, yeah, like I don't know. As far as his um, recent starring vehicles i guess the closest i've come to really enjoying them are the uh the recent uh fast and furious films but not hobbs and shaw where it's just basically you know him flaunting his muscles we don't and need trying, to relitigate yeah, we sure. already had the hobbs and shaw argument you don't like it i really like it the listeners get it at this point but the thing about the rock though is i i do think he is a very appealing movie star in the same way that like arnold schwarzenegger or even like maybe to some extent like sylvester Stallone, like they are like he is like a larger in life personality just by like look and design and uh, i think when he leans into that he is uh a very appealing absurd yeah star and i i think a lot of the recent action movies that he's been don't really play that up or they they do it in a way that's just like very safe and like very like obvious i guess in their choices like it doesn't feel like the rock has really taken any risk and i don't think this movie is an exception to that but i do think that uh What's it? I I never remember the director's name, but uh, of Jamie, this movie? yeah, it's it's Yami Kolatsera. Yami like Kolatsera. I mean, I know like he's done a lot of stuff with uh, Liam Neeson, and that's another kind of like yeah, where his non-stop, like start. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Unknown. yeah, nonstop and the commuter and stuff. Where I think he leans into uh, the the Liam Neeson's kind of weird star power as an action star, where he's as like he's very unconventional and kind of odd by design and the world's just so heightened that it fits and i think this movie doesn't really fully get to play with that style but i think it fits better for the rock to work with him and that makes me eager to see what he does with black adam just because like i said i don't think this is one of his better performances but it feels like it fits better because it is playing up to his absurdities and just his general just kind of weirdness as a movie star but also is like kind of also fairly conventional handsome charisma at the same time so like i said i think this is one of his better starring roles by design dwayne johnson he's one of the few actors left who just who could sell a movie you know by name recognition alone at this point there's a very small number it used to be a bigger number back in the day like it used to be that you could have like so many actors who it's like a burt reynolds like oh you know gene hackman like their name on the poster that was all you needed that was the marking and these days it's it's not like that i mean even with dwayne johnson i mean it's not a guaranteed hit movie but he does he is a box office drop people will see that he's in a movie and they will be you know way more interested in checking it out just for the fact just to just to see those muscles in action Emily Blunt's an interesting case because she she's an actor like people like her you know she's not a, a box office draw in the same way but she's been a successful actor Quiet Place you know has been a great great vehicle for her Edge of Tomorrow put her on the radar uh, for 
larger audiences. And I think, uh, you know, what was it? Mary Poppins Returns? I mean, that made some money, didn't it? I mean, I don't think it made. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember if it was like a a box office success necessarily, but it. I think it underperformed, but I don't think it did poorly. Uh, but it, I think Disney expected more from it than it actually did. I think they did. They wanted a greatest showman. They kind of got something well below that. But regardless, I mean, Jungle Cruise, well, I got to tell you, man, this movie, and we haven't said anything about the plot. The plot's not that interesting. I mean, the plot is just kind of the plot. Like the whole point of this movie, and I've seen people say this, is like, well, you know, they, they, they don't, it's not really about the ride. And I was like, or it's, you know, the whole thing isn't the ride. And I'm like, what? they have like an entire ride version of the ride in this movie. Like, of course it's not just the ride. They had to do other stuff. And I saw some people being like, well, you know, it's not really a jungle cruise. I'm like, they're on a boat. They're in the jungle. They're they're cruising down the river for like 75% of this movie at least. Right. I mean, I don't know. I'm seeing some weird complaints about this movie and not ones that I think it deserves to be on. I mean, I, I think this movie is extremely flawed, but Mm -hmm. you know, you know, at this point, if it is an adventurous period setting swashbuckling adventure film i'm there and i i looked at this movie's imperfections and i just started singing that ed sheeran song you know like you know you're perfect you know that's like you know clearly that's not true but uh i i had a bit of a heart for this movie and you know i think it's it's okay it it really is just okay i i feel like, man, if you're spending $30 on Disney Plus for this, whoa. I mean, seeing this in the theater, yeah, absolutely. I would love to see this in a theater. But I got to say, I, watching it at home with the family and stuff, this is such a wait. <laughs> like, you you waited this long. You waited, you know, since 2019 for Jungle Cruise. I think you can wait a couple of months when it's available on Disney Plus, to be totally honest. Yeah, I mean, that was my... I guess main takeaway as well is that like I, I mean I did end up seeing it in theaters and I didn't really have uh, as I've said a lot of expectations for it or any like real uh, hopes from it I just was just like well let's just see what Jungle Cruise is <laughs> at this point you know especially like you said given the weight I wasn't quite sure if that was indicative of its quality or not but I mean I guess the biggest fault of it is that it just reminds you of a lot of other films both recent and not Um, I guess the two that will probably come to mind the most are The Mummy and Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Yeah, for younger viewers. Older viewers would be like, oh my gosh, African African Queen. Queen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Quartermain. Um, I mean, Romancing the Stone. Or like Romancing the Stone or something. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things. like Or National Treasure even, to some extent, uh, if you want to go even to... It's got a little bit of that energy. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. But... um, or even, you know, the obvious one being like Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, you know, just like stuff like that, where it's just like it's very easy to see the pitch, I guess, for this movie or like how they sold the movie and how Disney wanted mm-hmm. to be sold. Um, and the poster I think, even reminds yeah. of like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, I'm yeah. looking at the poster right now and it's like super old fashioned, you know, like they're clearly going for that. Yeah. And it does feel like this is a movie you can watch when those aren't available. <laughs> like if you. If you want to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark or Mancy and Stone or even The African Queen and you just can't find those on streaming or whatever and this is available on Disney Plus, it's a fine substitute. Um, but I was really surprisingly with the film for the first, I want to say like 
45 minutes to an hour in a way that I wasn't expecting because it did have that old fashioned throwback quality to it. In that, like, it did, it had, you know, like you said, like the swashbuckling, it had like the like broader characters, it even had like more, yeah, like the quirks and zip, uh, even had like more violence than we traditionally get in a Disney production. Like, it feels like it was willing to, it wasn't really willing to take risk, I'll say, but it was willing to like push the envelope a little bit more than Disney, I think, has allowed itself to, uh, at least with their. Uh, PG-13 blockbusters but um, I think where the movie started to lose me was when it did feel like it was just like Pirates of the Caribbean outtakes and it was like the second half where it was like all like CG green screen backgrounds and stuff and it just becomes like flubber gloop like it's just like gray you know muddy CG and I'm not really connected to it in an emotional sense it just feels like it's kind of overlong and bloated at that point uh, and the characters are at least appealing enough to kind of carry it uh, past its like extra water weight, but uh, I also kind of felt like it was leaning too far into its indulgences to really uh, have the kind of like breezy, fun splashiness of the first half. And so, I guess for that reason, I'm kind of like fifty-fifty on the film. I'm wow, I'm agreeing with you completely here. I think this movie. Let's let's unpack this a bit. So. I think there is a there's a turning point in this movie. There's a moment, there is a big reveal. And I think from that point forward, we lose so much of that just like texture and that sort of like groundedness of this movie. And it just sort of goes into like a fantastical, you know, sprint to the finish line. And I shouldn't say sprint because it, it feels really long. It starts feeling long at that point. And I think it's because once this reveal happens, I mean, you lose all of the tension especially between Dwayne Johnson's character and Emily Blunt's character. So like yeah. for the first half of this movie, you know, he's the sort of like, okay, he's the Han Solo. He He's running the ship. He's very mischievous. You can't trust him. He's in it for himself, but maybe he has a hidden agenda. He kind of knows what, you know, this group is after. And so Emily Blunt is like this doctor from London. She's come to Brazil with her brother, played by Jack Whitehall. He kind of comes across as like a fop early on, but then you kind of, okay, he's he's a homosexual character. He's, uh, what, what did you say, Will? He's Disney's 40th first gay character in one of their movies. Yes. Something I'm not like the that. first to make that joke, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically where he's at. Though I will give credit where it is due. I, I do think this character isn't like with Corella, where it's just like, this like fifteenth built character who is like right, in yeah. for like three scenes is our first gay or fifteenth first gay Disney character. Like this character is integral to the plot. Uh, it is you know broad and stereotypical, uh, unfortunately. But yep, yep. you know like it, they don't shy away from the character's sexuality. It's explicitly said. Not well, maybe not explicitly. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's heavily implied. I mean, it's yeah, it's the like one notch away from just say it. You know, right. but I mean, they, I guess they kind of brush it off by being like, well, you know, it's World War One. You know, yeah. it's not like he's going to it is like extremely taboo for that time period. But still, I mean, yeah. it's something it's baby steps. Yeah. I, you know. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. It's not like I don't want to go so far as to say it's like progressive, but it does feel like baby steps in the right direction. Like it feels like if they are going to introduce gay characters, this is a better way to do it as opposed to just being just like. Gaston is gay and Beauty and the Beast because he dances with the guy for five seconds. I think that's LeFou. Like, I think I think Gaston oh, sorry, is still sorry, sorry. canonically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I mean like, you know, it just felt like Disney was like 
trying to get the like uh, articles, like giving them applause and stuff without really actually doing the work. And this actually felt like they were doing something, which, you know, it's still yeah, like I mean, said, baby steps, but it is they made a, a character. It yes, wasn't just exactly. like two women kissing that you didn't know who they were in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it wasn't just like Joe Russo, like talking about like a relationship with a guy for like two seconds in yeah. a three hour movie, you know, and and not something that they could like cut out for certain, I guess, international exactly. markets. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, they still, I'm sure they still dubbed it over though. You know, probably. They, probably, they have the character there, but they probably dubbed over the part where it's more heavily implied because, you know, sure. That's the business. But, you know, I mean, like I said, baby steps for, or sorry, what you said, yeah. baby steps forward. Uh, you know, we're getting somewhere, I guess. Hopefully this is a step in the right direction for Disney. But, you know, credit where it's due. They are actually yeah. making some progress with this character. And, it, hey, it's great progress for Jack Whitehall's career. Dude coming in and just uh, one of my favorite characters in this thing. He, you know, oh, understood really? the assignment, ETC. Right. I loved him in this movie. I mean, I do agree with you that it's like a very stereotypical kind of thing and you know he but i think he does sell it really well i think he has like very like just like a natural sort of affable personality to him i know i really i I really i clicked with this guy my whole thing was just like you could just replace him with um c3po and i don't think it would have made any difference (laughs) it's just basically the same type Uh, of character no that's not nice (laughs) oh man I, I don't I, think. I mean, I don't think he gave a bad performance. I just think the character is so broadly written and so leaning heavily into stereotypes that just it didn't feel like Jack Whitehall had enough to do to really make it his own. I don't know. I, I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of some like very specific moments that contradict that for me. You know, just seeing him like relish in his toiletries. You know, before noticing there's a jaguar behind him. I, it's slapstick stuff. I mean, none of it is deep, but that's this movie anyway i I think that he just fits into this world so well i think comparing it to mummy is apt you know because of the the character dynamics especially you know where you have brendan fraser you know you have uh you have rachel weiss and you know the the younger brother character i forget i forget the actor's name but uh yeah yeah their whole their whole deal right Mm -hmm. similar to that movie this one like i was saying before they're after so Emily Blunt's character. She's a doctor. She drags her brother to Brazil, and their their whole thing is they're trying to find this thing called the Tears of a Moon. It's like a, the Tree of Life, essentially, and it's a mysterious, you know, MacGuffin that can heal any illness. Uh, it can cure any disease. And hundreds of years ago, a bunch of conquistadors came to this place. Apparently, they might have found it, and then some stuff went down. And now everyone in the world, they want to, they want to find this thing. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the first movies you and I talked about on cinema holics, will you know, back in 2017 was the lost city of Zed. That was a movie I was actually thinking about a bit during this one. Uh, but it, it was kind of funny too, because I was like, oh yeah. And then, you know, Tom Holland is in that Tom Holland is going to be in the uncharted movie, which I think uncharted is very much like the people who are going to be marketing that movie. I am a hundred percent positive are looking at the buzz or lack of buzz, the success or lack of success with jungle cruise, because Mm -hmm. it's a hard movie to sell to modern audiences. It's the kind of movie that people, especially critics say that they want, they want more stuff in this genre. I'm certainly one of them, but when it comes to the masses, they just don't seem to care. Like, I, not since maybe like what was probably the biggest movie in this swashbuckling 
you know, genre that really made like people just sing, you know, was it, was it Pirates of the Caribbean? Has there been something since I'm missing, you know, but then people look at that movie, they look at, oh my gosh, Mask of Zorro. That's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. saying that Uh, many people say Princess Bride is their favorite movie or one of their favorite movies. Hollywood doesn't make these movies anymore because these movies just don't sell. People don't show up and they don't seem to care. And so Disney was like, will you care if we put Dwayne Johnson in it? If Emily Blunt is in it and we don't completely mess it up. And so far I got to say, um, $62 million at the box office. It's been out for about a week and a half now. Um, is, is it like a week and a half or is my, are my numbers ridiculous? No, not a week and a half. It's been not even a week, Never mind. but still, this is a big budget movie, $200 million budget reportedly probably closer to 300, 350. This movie, I think, is not going to do very well for Disney. I don't think it's going to drive premiere access. They haven't released those numbers for obvious reasons. And I think this is going to be a big old flop. And that could spell bad news for this genre because people are going to look at this movie and be like, man, you know, a Disney movie with Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt. It was it's it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, yeah, it's not 80, 90 percent of critics liking it. But, you know, it's not it doesn't have the rotten. And yet people just don't care. They, they don't care about this movie. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I mean, I wasn't super invested <laughs> in the uh, failure or success of this film, outside of just being interested in the director's filmography. Though, I mean, like I said before, I felt like this was kind of just him, like, chasing the studio paycheck or trying to uh, win over The Rock's affections, I guess, before they made Black Adam. Uh, I wasn't 100% sure which one it was, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... It's, it's disappointing because I, I do think in a fairly disappointing year, at least in my opinion, for Disney, this is, I think, probably my favorite of their live-action blockbusters. Uh, I mean, compared to, like, Corella or Black Widow, I think this is a little bit more fun. It has more energy. It's a little bit, uh, like you said, zippier. It's a little bit more zany. Uh, it, it does feel very uh, calculated, I guess, in terms of, like, what it's trying to do or how it's trying to win over x and y demographic but it does have uh a sort of uh running spirit to it that that does feel a little bit more inspired or uh it, um uh free wielding i guess like it does have more going for it than some of the other uh less engaging disney blockbusters but like i said at the same time it does feel excessive and bloated by the end in the way that if it was just even like 20 minutes shorter i think i would be a lot more forgiving of this film than i guess i am mm. right now i i hear you on that yeah i i liked cruella better than this uh you know i like that film quite a bit actually and i think that it's probably one of the better disney films i've seen this year yeah and i'd probably be in a similar camp with that one despite my criticism of that film uh if it was like just like 100 minutes as opposed to like 125 or whatever. oh sure yeah it's been a weird year for disney i mean my favorite disney movie of the year so far by a pretty decent margin as Luca. In fact, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at my top 20 movies of the year, Luca's the only Disney film, you know, and it's not and it's Pixar really, like it's, you know, Disney behind it, but mm-hmm. it's it's really, you know, it's a, it's a Pixar joint. I think beside that, like I I I'd go pretty far down. I think it'd probably be Cruella would be my next thing. Either Cruella or Ride the Last Dragon. Um both movies I like. So it, it's a little bleak. Also, this summer has been different 
I, on the one hand, I don't want to say it's been a bad summer for movies. Like I, I just watched the Suicide Squad and Free Guy, right? And so I'm not going to talk about those movies, but I'm just going to say I think August is going to be a bit of a respite uh, compared to what we've got recently. Otherwise, I mean, you know, I, I talked about Green Knight with Alicia. Will you know, Green Knight is fantastic. It's it's my favorite movie of the year so far that outside of a festival release. It's my number two at the moment. Uh, Pig did come out this summer, right? Oh, like uh, summer one. of Summer of Soul did come out. Technically, it was kind of you know it was a festival release, and so I I saw it back then. But it, yeah, it's still coming out in the summer. And uh, you know, uh, No Sudden Move. Uh, I think we both liked that. Plan B. Yeah. Uh, I thought was really Plan good. And in, in in the Heights. So the, yeah, the, there you go. We got a, uh, we got a few summer movies here. And I know, I mean, you uh, you and Kimber, I guess, weren't big fans of it, but I have heard some people really did like old. So yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Not not a big fan, but yeah, I, I totally see people liking that movie quite a bit, right? Like, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised, shocked, or offended, you know? Somebody was like, hey, you know what? Old was, old is really good. I liked old. You know, I, I, have, I take no issue with that, so... But it, it's been a weird summer. It's been a bit of an uneven summer, uh, especially considering, you know, kind of the climate right now. So it, it makes Jungle Cruise all the more of a weird sort of misfire, at least a misfire financially. You know, it, it really just seems like a a movie that they, they had to get rid of at some point. And I, I didn't think that the marketing for this was particularly strong. Did you? Like, I didn't see a lot of ads for it. I, um. you know, I, I didn't see the trailer or anything, but... Yeah, I get I get the sense that it was not a big to do. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've I've seen the trailer uh, quite a few times, I guess, because they would play it before a number of films I saw, and uh, it just never looked particularly noteworthy or engaging. It just looked like another rock blockbuster. Him returning to Disney mold after however many years, and it was just like, all right. It, you know, like I said, here's another movie with The Rock doing his thing. <laughs> uh, and it, it was underselling the like Jesse Plemons aspects and uh, more egregiously the Paul Giamatti aspect. And That's uh, true. Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to talk about the Paul Giamatti ness of the film, which is uh, a shame because that's probably quite easily my favorite part of it. Uh, I don't <laughs> know how you feel about his performance, but I felt like he was, uh, as always, a delight uh, in his very limited Agreed. role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not given enough uh, to do, but you know. Yeah, but I appreciate that. Like he clearly knew that this was like a stock, like not villainous, but like semi antagonist character, and he's just like, yeah, he's the mayor who's going to shut down the community center yeah. if you don't raise enough money for the talent show. He's that guy. Yeah, but like I guess he wanted to get even weirder with it. Uh, I guess he had an interview with Men's Health magazine where he was like, I wanted to have a cigar lighting monkey, and Disney put the kibosh on that. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, what are we doing here? But, uh, you know, he's like sun-drenched, and he has like a gold tooth. He has a, a hat and a parrot, and uh, I think he's doing like a mix of a, like, uh, I think he's trying to do Spanish, or the character's like kind of trying to do Spanish, but it's actually like a mix of like Italian and Cajun. I have uh, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, but he fits He fits the yeah. location, and the location, we right. should say, it feels kind of like a, it does feel like a Disney-fied Amazon where it feels like these people are at some sort of like theme park like world and the jungle cruise is a ride that people get in line for. Like that's what this, when we're in like that like little town where the characters kind of meet up close to the beginning of the film, that's the vibe. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we're, we're, can I get like my Mickey bars? Can I buy some pins? Like, sorry, I'm saying a bunch of Disney world lingo. Well, oops, sorry. 
I mean, if Paul Giamatti is this character at Disney World, uh, I will book my ticket and go now. <laughs> Listeners, we got to help Will out. You know, yeah. he's a starving writer. We got to get him. We got to get him on that plane. There you go. But I, uh, <laughs> all that to say, yeah. So closing this out, I mean, we're obviously not the biggest fans. There's not much, not much to say here. I think this movie, its biggest sin is that it. I mean, it's the same. It, it, what frustrates me, it's the same problem with those pirates of the caribbean movies after the first one and i I like the original trilogy of them you know i I like the second and third one the the cool thing about those is that they follow like a big bold world building story and you could definitely get lost in those movies but they never quite match up to the first one and and the reason is because and especially with the two sequels or the spin-offs afterward they just keep throwing in the fantasy gunk you know, the CGI, the mud, like you said, the muddied sort of visual stuff in because they think that the thing that pe- people really liked about the first one was the undead skeletons. And like, yeah, people liked the skeleton pirates. That was cool. But that's not like th- there's more to it. <laughs> you know, it just seems like this movie, too. It's like it can't just be a- an old fashioned whip dash adventure. It's got to throw in like, OK, but now we have this like guy made out of flies and we have to have this buzzy like no stakes sort of cgi fest in this location you don't care about it just loses itself and so i i don't understand why this keeps happening uh not flies i think it's the bees i don't care uh, <laughs> it was something i flies bears bees i don't know well it's important because uh as we know jesse Plemons, who's another actor we haven't really discussed a lot uh given a a just you know ham hammy performance in this in he's a way he's going that, for it yeah which i mean you know i, I think he even said that at one point yeah well i mean i i that's why i feel like i'm more disappointed than the jack whitehall performance because like i see paul giamatti and uh jesse Plemons are just like look we're like second tier supporting characters in this like let's just get weird with it jesse Plemons has like many arguments with bees and stuff like that and he has like this like pronounced german accent and it's just like i I remember seeing an interview where he's just like this is like my broadest performance by far i hope people like it i certainly did yeah yeah. uh yeah i mean i appreciate it just like he's just like he's very aware like i know what movie i'm in i know what performance i want to give in this i'm gonna do that it's gonna be different than everything else i've done and i applaud that i mean he's uh you know one of our finest up-and-coming actors for very good reasons and i i think his performance in this is a, a delight but um yeah uh yeah i mean i i I have to agree ultimately with what you're saying it just feels like for everything that works here everything is refreshingly old-fashioned there's a lot of stuff here it just feels like disney overdoing it and feeling like they have to incorporate this because this is what will appeal to xyz audience and it just shows like a kind of weird literally generation xyz yeah sure it just shows like kind of a uh a general sort of lack of faith in the inherent uh, fun, silly aspect of the premise uh, in a way that that makes you realize how much of the first Pirates of the Caribbean is just like a miracle in terms of pulling off that magic trick really, really well and quite seamlessly, basically, uh, in a way that just feels like a million years at this point from what Disney is able to do now, especially with their kind of more green screen, heavily CGI uh corporate focus so i think like i said i mean i think there's enough here that i'm willing to kind of cut some slack and i think if you watch this on like a rainy day on disney plus when it's not 30 bucks i think you'll enjoy it like as a family but 
as a movie, I think it's sort of a close but no cigar kind of thing. It's like got the right ingredients. I think Emily Blunt and The Rock have pretty good chemistry as well. Um, more friend frenemy chemistry than romantic. I, I wasn't the the romance aspect felt a little forced to me. I don't know uh, how you felt yeah. about that, but a hundred percent. Just let them be platonic. Like. Why? Why did we? There was no hint of that up until they decided. Uh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Also, I don't know. I, I I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like The Rock as a movie star is weirdly sort of like asexual. He is like unless he, that's the thing with him. It's like unless he's like married already, so he has like a wife and like kids and stuff. That kind of works. Like, hey, skyscraper is kind of like that, right? Or if you have like Hobbs and Shaw, it's like you know, there's not really a girlfriend or love interest in the picture. I guess Hobbs and Shaw they kind of do the Vanessa Kirby thing, but it's flirtatious. It's not, you know, he's a flirt. It's not more of a like, oh, I've got to be with this person. Like, it's not romantic necessarily I, I i don't think the rock is inherently romantic he's so char- he has chemistry with everybody so to me it's like weird if he's yeah. gonna single one person out yeah and without giving anything away i felt like there is an opportunity here to make his character pansexual in a way that they felt like they just deliberately avoided that for whatever i guess they were just like we've done enough uh you know whatever uh and it just felt like they that was another example of just disney being kind of cowardly with what they could do with this material but uh nevertheless uh you know it's like we said before i think it's more fine than good but uh not like a waste of time or anything like i think it's more admirably c plus than some of the other disney blockbusters we've gotten at least from their big screen stuff and uh if they made a sequel i wouldn't be opposed to it but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen no, definitely not. I'm a high C plus, and we didn't talk about Emily Blunt that much. I like her in this movie. I think that she gets the job done. You know, she it's like in the Mummy, she's the straight character. You know, also like Pirates of the Caribbean, they have the one female character who's the audience surrogate or enough of an audience surrogate, but she's still capable. She still has her own mission in the movie. She's not robbed of agency, mm-hmm. and you know, she has her own. She has her own little quirks. There's, there's not that much to her. I think Emily Blunt is working really hard with this character to make her believable because there's just times where you're like, man, ah, it, she's a little broad in some cases. And especially when she's up against, like she's a, you know around so many people whose characters are really all over the place. She's kind of the key to this movie working. And I think she just barely pulls it off and admirably so. It's not an easy thing to do as an actor. And I think that the fact that she holds her own with the rocks kind of like overwhelming charm, but stuff like challenges him on it and brings her own sensibility. It's a good mix, but it's like you said, I think that it works platonically because like, yeah, that frenemy thing is engaging. It's less about like whether or not they want to smooch and it's more about their ideologies, you know, sort of clashing, but then being able to, you know, find common ground. The romance thing feels forced because it's like, there, there's especially when you get to know uh you know Dwayne Johnson's character a bit more I mean it's there's there's some weird implications to it and there there's some things going on that I'm like it, it's just not as believable as you know it's it's like if they had done a romance in like Moana you know it's like oh no that's not right don't don't do that uh like just with the way that they've set up these characters a bit but all that said, I, I enjoyed Jungle Cruise quite a bit I I had a good time with it I think that it's probably a much more uh, entertaining film on the big screen with an audience but the problem is i don't think that audience is showing up you know kind of mentioned before 
it's uh yeah 63 percent on rotten tomatoes which not bad I, I think people are giving it a pass for the most part i i certainly i i wasn't super harsh on it in my review um but yeah box office wise i read that this movie has to make at least like 500 million dollars worldwide to break even and i mean there's not even a chance right like i think we can call it i mean 60 million worldwide on on it's like i didn't i don't think i specified this earlier but that's that's worldwide it made 62 million not domestic um so far so that's pretty bad and i i don't think jungle cruise especially with suicide squad and all these other movies coming out in august i don't think people are going to brave the delta variant for this so yeah i think this one this is going to be a major flop for disney uh, unless something very unexpected happens yeah, I mean, especially given that it is on Disney Plus, and as uh, Black Widow recently proved, I think that has yeah. invited more people to pirate the films, um, <laughs> just because it's pretty accessibly available online in HD. Um, that's kind of been one of those like lingering questions as far as like doing the day-to-day thing, and I don't know how it's going to fare for uh, Jungle Cruise, but I have to imagine that like if people are just sort of like on the fence about it, and it's available uh, at the click of a button. <laughs> Uh, for them, they could just watch it that way. They might just ultimately go that route with this, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but like we said, I don't think this is like an embarrassment or anything for them. I, I, I think it's flawed and sort of like predictable and uh, uh, disappointing ways. But it doesn't feel like, uh, you know, it's not like other films that we've gotten from them recently where it's just like, I'm not hundred percent sure what even they're trying to do here. It's just more like, yeah, they have all the ingredients here. I think there's something worthwhile. I just don't think they really trust their instincts enough to really go, uh, the simpler, more enjoyable route. They had to kind of overdo it to the point where it feels a little overcooked. So yeah, like I said, close, but no cigar. Literally. Uh, agreed. I, th- I think oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this might be one of those movies. Uh, yeah. You said that earlier and I was like, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, but I think, yeah, this is going to be one of those movies that it, it might be the one that people look to is like, man, that killed the Disney theme park ride thing, you know, which might be unfair because it was already yeah, kind of dead. They just yeah. were s- sort of trying to, you know, revive it maybe mm-hmm. arguably and it didn't work <laughs> um, yeah. because they have all kinds of other ones that they want to do. I know they wanted to do like a night at the museum, but doing Magic Kingdom. Um, I know John Favreau was supposed to make that movie, but that oh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was so long ago. Like they, they didn't, that never, I, I feel like they could still do that though. That would be kind of, they did that, right? That could be pretty cool. You know, but. wasn't, um, Guillermo del Toro going to do yep. another Haunted Mansion. Mansion with like Ryan Gosling yeah. or something at one point. Yeah. That was, that was years ago too, man. That was, wow. that was almost a decade ago. So they, they had ideas and I think that I really think it was Tomorrowland, which really kind of put the kibosh on this sort of thing. And then maybe Jungle Cruise was like, okay, this is like your last chance, you know? <laughs> It was probably The Rock, I guess, was like really adamant about doing this. And he probably Maybe. had the sway, you know, especially going back to Disney to like put into motion. That'd be my guess, at least. We we don't know. And, you know, they might still do the Tower of Terror one. You know, that, that's been there. The whispers for that never go away. Didn't um, they get rid of that ride? I thought that ride They got rid Disney of the World. ride. Yeah. yeah. At least in Disneyland um, or California Adventure. But... No, I mean, they, they have like a, a Tower of Terror screenplay by John August out there. Uh, they had a producer for it years ago, but I think that that Tower of Terror was kind of on the fast, not the fast track, but it was on the track 
And then I think it was around the time Tomorrowland came out. So it kind of uh, suffered from that. And this, of course, was before Guardians of the Galaxy replaced that ride. So at this point, yeah, I don't see Tower of Terror happening. But people still think like, well, you know, people remember the ride. And people remember the TV movie. Because the TV movie quietly is cool. So, you know, um, hey, never say never. Yeah, well, they, they are going forward with the Pandora Land movies. Uh there are like oh, how, yeah, many, there you go. how many those Avatar famous, sequels at this point? Yeah. Those, you know, I remember when they, when James Cameron, they were like, we need you to take this amazing original Animal Kingdom Pandora world we've created and make a movie out of it. Can you do it? And he, he said, yeah, I, I'm in. It'll take there a while, you. though. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it might uh, be past its sell date, but it'll come out. <laughs> yeah, just don't smell it before you see it. That's, you know. Um, so that's uh, that's Jungle Cruise C pluses from us. Uh, so not hearty recommendations, but like you could do way worse. Um, and certainly Disney has this year. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's it for us uh, on this week's show. Hopefully we'll get to Stillwater at some point if we can squeeze it in. I mean, neither of us have seen it. Um, that's the other kind of big release we haven't gotten to. But and I will. You're behind. You got you got some other films I know you want to catch up on, but you'll probably see Stillwater before I do. Um, if you do manage to catch it, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll hopefully get to that and a whole bunch of other things in the coming future. Yeah, sounds good. All right. From the Internet California, I'm John Agroni. And for the Internet Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. See you next time. <laughs>